Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through Ephesians, and in the previous message, I was in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. In this program, I'm going to start out in verse 7, where it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And in the previous message, I was focusing on his grace and his kindness, that he is gracious and kind towards us. He's gracious and kind towards everyone in the sense that he has provided for the forgiveness of sins for the entire world. The difficulty that most people seem to run into, though, is that there are people who are not interested in his grace or his kindness. You see, God establishes a relationship with people on the basis of him being gracious and kind. This is what establishes, what begins the relationship that he will have with other people. And in the previous messages, I have been emphasizing Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 5, with regards to God making people spiritually alive. But all of this requires a person, it's necessary for a person, to acknowledge that they are spiritually dead. They need to acknowledge that they have sin that needs to be forgiven, so that when they are made spiritually alive, there is then no sin that has not been forgiven, that will cause a person to die spiritually again. All of these things are integrated, they're all incorporated within the issue that there really is something wrong with us. And that tends to be the challenge that people are faced with, is acknowledging that there is something wrong with them. This is a real issue and a real struggle that people are faced with in their lives is to be able to acknowledge that there really is something wrong with them that requires forgiveness. There is something wrong with them in the sense that they are spiritually dead When a person is confronted with something like this, then they're going to have to admit that they are not as impressive as they think they are or they would like other people to believe they are. They're going to have to admit that they are evil. Otherwise, there is no opportunity for a person to receive the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. There's no way to make a connection between God and a person If this person is not willing to acknowledge that there really is something wrong with them. Instead, what people prefer to do is try to live in a lie. They try to live in a false reality. They try to live in the deception that there is nothing wrong with them. Therefore, because they're such a good person, well, these things should be given to them because, in effect, They are owed, you know, just because of their existence. Because they exist, God should be providing for them. 
This is something that people will tend to learn when they're growing up as a child because they have parents who take care of them. Why? Because they exist. And the hope is, is that this person will grow and mature to the extent where they will be able to function in society by taking care of themselves, contributing to the lives of other people, and perhaps one day becoming parents themselves and contribute to the lives of their children until they grow and mature. This is the standard cycle of life. But there are a lot of people who get stuck in this cycle and they never make it past their childhood. They never really mature and become a functional adult. And instead, they relate to other people in the context of, well, I exist, therefore, because I exist, you owe me. And you need to take care of me. And you had better be kind to me. And you had better be gracious to me. Why? Because I exist. And that's why you exist. You exist in order to be kind and gracious and give me all that I need for my life. There are people like this everywhere. I would be surprised if you did not have a lot of these kinds of people who have access to you. Or maybe you are one of these kinds of people. And if you are, then you need to make some adjustments. Because there's no way you are going to have a true and real functional relationship with your God until you get past this issue and realize that he doesn't love you and accept you and is kind to you and is gracious to you just because you exist. These are things that he is able to give to you because you are willing to be honest with him. He's not going to have a false or fictitious relationship with anybody. It's necessary for people to be honest and real and true with their God, or they simply will not have access to him because he's not going to have a false, fictitious, fraudulent relationship with somebody else. I understand that that's a struggle that we deal with as we have relationships with other people. And it can be very upsetting when you discover that you have a relationship with someone that is not real, that is something that is just based on their fraudulent attitudes and activities and the way that they have presented themselves to you. They have led you to believe that they liked you. They led you to believe that they loved you, that they cared about you. But it was all one big lie. And when these things happen... It can be very upsetting. God is not going to have a relationship with a person who is just one big lie. He is able to protect himself from that because he is knowledgeable and wise in ways that we would never be able to obtain or reach or understand. But this is what God is doing, and this is the kind of relationship that he is willing to have with a person, a true and honest one, which requires people to be honest about who they really are and the fact that they deserve nothing, that no one owes them anything, that they have a need for forgiveness, that if they are ever going to receive anything from God, it's going to only be an expression of his kindness and his graciousness on the basis of who he is as a person. And he will have a relationship with someone else if that person is willing to have a true and honest relationship with him. 
The fact is, though, is that most people are not willing to do that because it's much easier for them to live as a lie, to just simply lie and commit fraud and pretend. It's much easier for them to get the things that they want and need in life from other people because they have the skills to be able to deceive and manipulate others. And this is easier. And so this is why it is so difficult to find a person who wants to have a genuine relationship with God because it's harder. It's difficult. It's difficult for a person to acknowledge that they have a need for forgiveness. It's difficult for a person to say, yes, there really is something wrong with me. But without that, there is no hope of being saved from the condition that you really are in because you're not going to acknowledge the condition that you really are in. All right, now proceeding into Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul said, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. All right, now here Paul is referring to a different kind of person. He's referring to the kind of person who's looking for an opportunity to boast, an opportunity to build up their personal pride and for them to use that as leverage in order to get what it is that they want. This is a different kind of person than the person I was just describing. The person I was just describing is someone who just simply wants to live in a false reality, who wants to live by lies, by deception, by manipulation. And in a sense, they can have an opportunity to boast and have a sense of pride because they can feel the great sense of accomplishment in being able to deceive, manipulate, and commit fraud against other people. But that's just downright evil. All right, And if you were to ask them, are you going to go to heaven? They would say, well, of course I'm going to go to heaven. But why are you going to go to heaven? Well, because God is loving. And if he doesn't let me into his kingdom, well, then I'll say that there's something wrong with him. I'll say that God has psychological problems because he's not loving me like he ought to. That's not being very loving if he just sends me to hell. He's not being kind. He's not being gracious. What they will do is they will use the goodness of God against him. Well, that's not really going to work out so well because God is not going to allow himself to be extorted or even blackmailed That's not going to happen. But this is the attitude that these people will have. They will say that they are going to be saved because if God doesn't save them, well, then God is evil because, you know, they exist. For those who want to live in a little bit more reality, for those who want to live with a little bit more honesty and truth in their existence, They will recognize that pretending such things in this kind of fantasy that people invent is not going to work out. They will have to have some kind of legitimate, honest conversation of some kind with God. The conversation that most people are thinking of when it comes to salvation and whether or not they are going to have a place in the kingdom of heaven is that they're going to say, this is the attitude that these other kinds of people 
will have, that they are going to say to God, well, now listen, you know, you should let me in because I really am kind of a good person. Whereas the other people, they know full well that they are wicked and evil in an absolute sense. There is nothing good about them whatsoever. But there are other kinds of people who can be a little bit more honest and can be a little bit more of a mature adult. In these cases, what people will usually try to leverage is that they are somewhat of a good person. You know, that they may not be as wicked and evil as some of these other people, like I just described. They're not as wicked and evil and dishonest and manipulative as these other kinds of people. And so, you know, they're pretty good, especially as they compare themselves with these other folks, and so they should be allowed to go in because they don't do so many bad things and because they do good things. And they probably could come up with a legitimate list of the kinds of good things that they have done, the kinds of bad things that they have not done, you know, and they will say, you know, according to the fact that I'm a pretty good person on this basis, I think I should be allowed to go into the kingdom of heaven, especially when these other people are not like me. I'm much better than them. Now, what this means is, is that they are using their goodness as a way to boast, as a way to express their own personal pride. Now, in order to do this, you've got to have somebody else to compare yourself with in general. You have to compare yourself with somebody and say, I'm not like them. But this is appealing to a lot of people because they believe that this is what's going to impress God. Now, this definitely is not going to impress God. And this is why God put out so much effort in communicating to humanity that he's not going to be impressed by this. A lot of the ministry of the Lord Jesus was about this issue, about this topic, that he's not going to be impressed by what people do or what they don't do, whether they are a better person than somebody else or not, that that just isn't going to work out like people want to think that it's going to work out that way, but it's just not going to work out that way. Now, there are people who are Christians who recognize that you're not going to be able to present your list of goodness, your list of works that describes that you're a pretty good person compared with other people, that this isn't going to impress God. And there are often conversations that take place between people who know better and people who don't really know any better. Or these people are just simply refusing to accept the reality that they really are not as impressive as they think they are because they are better than these other wicked, evil people that I just described. And these discussions can often be difficult. They can be challenging, especially when, you know, there are a lot of people who are relatively good people if we were to compare them with a lot of others. There are a lot of really nice people, you know, they don't sin like like other people do. And when these discussions and these conversations take place, there will often be comparisons made between the people who are asserting their value based on their goodness, based on being a pretty good person in comparison with the religious person, the other person who knows better. When we try to communicate with these folks and say things like, listen, you know, you are a pretty good person, but that just isn't going to work out. Well, if I am not 
as good or as impressive or as successful as this other person is, they are not likely going to believe what it is that I am saying because they will again compare themselves with me and say, well, you know, you're not as good as I am. You're not as impressive as I am. This God who you say you have in your life, if he even exists at all, obviously is not helping you to become better than I am. And this can be quite a barrier. It could be quite difficult because you know what? There are a lot of people in the world who reject the existence of God, who if you were to put them up against the standards that a lot of Christians promote, they're doing pretty good. You know, they don't engage in relationships that are inappropriate. They don't lie, steal. They may not covet as much as you do. You know, they're not rude to other people. They're very honest with the agreements that they make, and they fulfill what they agree to when they make agreements with other people. There's lots of Christians in the world who are not as impressive as many others who are not Christians. And when you encounter people like that, it's just a real challenge to present these things to them. From my own experience, I can share that I have found the most success when I'm very honest and upfront about the fact that, no, I am not impressive at all. I don't want you looking at me. I don't want you to evaluate me. But these are things that I know are definitely true. And I will explain it in the context of this is something that I am pursuing and I think it's worth pursuing. And I think that you would value it a lot if you really are interested in what is true and real. There is a God. This is true. He is real. And regardless of my successes or my failures, you should pursue a relationship with him because I know that it will be better for you than what you have right now. And with that kind of an attitude, I have found some success. But instead of a person pursuing something like that, because it does require a tremendous amount of honesty and openness, what a lot of religious people will tend to do is they will try to compete with the non-religious person, with the person who does not acknowledge that there even is a God. Just to give you an example, they will try to compete with them and say, well, now, you know, because of this relationship that I have with God, I am really a much better person than you are. You see, I do these additional things. I go to church. You're not going to church. I sing praises to God. You're not singing praises to God. I'm a part of these community efforts, these service projects, these other activities. I'm involved in other people's lives like you're not. And through this comparison, there is this belief that you're going to win them over and encourage them to come to your church and be like you because you are going to give them an opportunity to become better than who they are. But what's that going to look like when they go before God or when this person who is describing themselves as being greater because of this relationship that they think that they have with God What does this really mean? It means that they are going to be able to go before God and claim that they have a right to be in his home, to be in his kingdom because they are a good person, because of the sin that they did not commit and because of all the good works that they were able to engage in. All of this comes down to one thing, and that comes down to the issue of being able to boast. 
being able to express your personal pride that God, in effect, owes you, not because of your self-existence, as I explained at the beginning of this program, not because of that, but because you are a good person, not just in comparison with other people, but you are a good person because you also do those things in the scriptures that are encouraged or perhaps even commanded by God in the law, in the scriptures. So these are the three kinds of people who need to get past this issue of trying to be saved through themselves. You have the people who live for their self-existence. You have the people who live to compare themselves with other people without being a Christian at all. And then you have the other people who compare themselves with either the law of God and or other people as well. But it's all about them. It's all about what God, in effect, will owe them based on their self-existence or because of what they have earned or what they deserve. It has nothing to do with His grace and kindness and mercy. It is all about them, and it's not about God. So again, with these three people, they express their pride in different ways. You have the kind of person who believes that they should be saved because they exist. The second kind of person is the kind of person who does not really believe that there is a God, and what they're doing is they're comparing themselves with others. The first kind of people that I just described are usually the kinds of people who they compare themselves with, and they will esteem a sense of pride because they are not like them, and they will present that to God and say, I am to be saved because I am not like those other people. That is an expression of pride. And then you have the religious people, and the religious people are the kinds of people who do believe that there is a God, And they might very well be living a life that is more righteous and holy than those non-believers are. But, like I just said, they may not be. But what they'll do to try to compensate and offset these kinds of differences is by saying things like, well, I go to church and I tithe and I do this and I do that for other people. And so they will boast in what they have done in addition to what those unbelievers may or may not have done. And so their belief is, is that they are going to be saved because of their works. And of course, God is not going to respond to any of this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast." lest anyone rely on their sense of value, on their pride, on their person. This is what God has stated. He has stated that this is what he will accept. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about themselves or what they think about other people. This is what God has determined. This is what he has decided. He has decided that he will be willing to have a relationship with someone if they are willing to have an honest and truthful relationship with him on the basis of his grace and of his mercy, not on the basis of their works. He has established the criteria for salvation. And if anyone wants to have a conversation with him about this, That's what they're going to be able to have 
when they physically die and they go before him in the kingdom of heaven and he explains to them that he is not going to accept their criteria for why he should save them and allow them to have a place with him in his home. And I will continue with this in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,